Before we start today's episode, this is Courtney with a real quick Spoop Hour update. I may have received some bad YouTube intel on the pronunciation of the Hawaiian goddess of lava. I'm not sure if it's Pele, as I say it in the episode, or if it's actually Pele, or some other variant therein. If I'm saying it wrong, I am very sorry. I will do better in the future with vetting my YouTube video sources. But we hope you enjoy the episode regardless, and have a great Tuesday. Bye bye Hey, Sasha. Hey, Courtney. What's a ghost's favorite vacation spot? Um, I don't know. Where? Malibu. It's Spoop Hour. Welcome back. This is Spoop Hour, a paranormal comedy podcast hosted by two Halloweenies. This is Sasha. This is Courtney. And we're coming at you live from social distancing internet hangout times. Yep. If we can do it, I've, you can do it. Stay home if been, you're able. I've been doing a lot of that lately. Lots of FaceTime calls, lots of Skype calls, lots of Google Hangouts. Yep. Was the new one house party. All yeah. that. This is... As we said, Paranormal Comedy Podcast, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Spoop Hour. We also have an email address so you can share your scary stories, pictures of your pets. Pictures of your pets. Pictures of your pets, mostly, but also scary stories. And that's spoophour at gmail.com, like the name of the podcast. Mm -hmm. We got lots of pictures of pets. We did. And I would like to request more, please. More. Obviously. Never stop sending them. Keep said, if you have to ask if we want pet pics, you don't have to ask. Because we do want pet pics all, all the, the time. time, always. Yeah. So, did Courtney any- gets to? S- oh, sorry. I was gonna say Courtney gets to see two cats, like in her house. That's true. And I get to see one cat in my house. I also skyped with a cat yesterday. And you skyped with a cat yesterday, and I skyped with the cat the other day. So, like, just keep sending us photos because yeah. we want to see every pet because we can't go outside to look at other pets. And you there listening and going, oh, they don't really want my pet. No, we do. We do. Like I we even got someone to send us their bearded dragon, and I'm so excited. Technically, because, it's not their bearded well, dragon, bearded dragon. It's her niece, bearded dragon. But, but family it bearded to, dragon. I think, I think her brother. But yeah, yeah but bearded within dragon. her family. Yeah, yeah, it still counts. Did anything spooky happen to you this week? I almost week. launched into one of my stories. Yeah. Did anything spooky happen to you this week? Funny, you should ask. <laughs> so two things. One, the baking group I'm in on Facebook. Obviously, a lot of people have been starting to bake sourdough starters, and we're all, you know, doing a lot of baking because we all are at home and trying to keep ourselves occupied. But someone cracked an egg, and the thing that came out of the egg. Uh oh. Oh God. There are oh. people in the group who raise their own chickens, and even they uh-huh. are like. I don't know what the fuck that is. It looks like this. Uh-huh. If you'll notice, that's a opalescent, like, viscous white, and that's just what came out of the egg. It looks almost like a dragon egg or, like, silly putty. It uh-huh. is neither of those things. It's just something that came out of a chicken egg. So we were all speculating what that could possibly be. The and <laughs> <laughs> the best guess is it's a dragon egg, or my guess, which is... Because the person who got it threw it away and didn't bake with it, probably for the best. When she threw it away, I was like, did you check the garbage to make sure it hadn't gained sentience? Because I'm pretty sure it's going to come to life. So that's, that's a slime. Yeah. Like, it's going to, you know, come from underneath the sink like that one Goosebump book that I didn't read because I was too scared to read Goosebumps. <laughs> and then the other spooky thing that happened to me happened during work. So as we've discussed, I think, I am a social media professional as part mm-hmm. of my day job. And so, understandably, part of my job is checking Facebook messages, because usually it's things like, hey, I have this question. It's like, I'm happy to help with that. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes you get things like this one. Attention. 
I am Trez Tim, or Timothy Paul Winter, born 14777-377-795. I am the god of speed, as dictated by astrology and numerology. I am Hermes slash Mercury in history and religion. Your world is dying because Australia, the unfaithful land of sluts, in parentheses, Van Diemen's land, in parentheses again, Terra Australia, my traitorous evil birth country, has genocided me all my life and robbed me of my planet as birthright through pure evil and jealousy and for my faith and love and because I'm nice and good looking. <laughs> Give me back what is rightfully mine and what has been stolen from me and misused since birth or all humans will receive their karma for my long life genocide and die horrible deaths by the god sent virus. I want my planet now so that I can begin fixing it for my humans that I used to love to live in peacefully, happily, and lovingly. Don't, and then he put a bunch of symbols there, I'm assuming he means fuck, with me anymore. You have been warned for the last time, insolent, heartless, cold-hearted, shit-for-brains beasts. Trust him, you're truly pissed off genocided god. And then there's a skull emoji, a demon emoji, a little heart emoji, a crown emoji, and then an angel emoji, and then the word mercury. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I think the word mercury was probably the the emoji for like the astrology. Like they have the oh all the maybe he symbols. was trying to get that and it just didn't yeah, populate, didn't so he just up. left the word mercury. Yeah, there. I think what my favorite fuck? part is where he calls Australia the unfaithful land of sluts. Land of sluts. My apologies to our slutty listeners in Australia. I was say, we have so many slutty listeners in Australia, but what the fuck? <laughs> I so, got it, and so I, you, I like messaged. and it was to to the like the. Our, co- our Facebook company yes. Facebook page. Yes, this was not to me personally. This was something That's that so someone funny. like went to our fuck? business page and was like, "But what if I sent this though?" <laughs> so <laughs> I messaged my supervisor and I'm like, "I think we should follow up with him." And she goes, "Yeah, he says he's nice and good looking. We could do a lot worse." <laughs> <laughs> so if you're the I'm person nice who sent looking. me that, maybe don't email spoofhour at gmail dot com. I'm good on hearing from you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't... Jesus, God. How about you? Anything spooky happen to you? Um, other than existence? Existence? Um, Not really. Well, I did a lot of gardening the other day. Spooky. I managed to, like, not play Animal Crossing at all until, like, 9.30 p.m. because I was doing so much stuff. But, yeah, my garden's coming along nicely. That's so. good. But now it's raining, like, all the time. It and is. the weather sucks and my head hurts, so... Mine, too. High fives. High fives. <laughs> Social distancing. Um, clap. That's the, clap. That's the sound high fives make. Yeah. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? Islands. Yay. We thought... Haunted islands, spooky islands, mysterious islands, islands with possible treasure or hoaxes. Islands. Just islands, islands, islands. Scooby-Doo. Like, we, we thought are it would be traveling. fun. Think of it this way. We're, we're traveling without leaving our houses. It's nice. Yeah. It's fun. We're vibing. We're vibing. Yeah. Not a phone in sight. Not a Because fu- we're Skyping. <laughs> anyway, so islands. we're going to talk about islands because it'll be like a fun way. It's like a staycation where you stay here, but we bring you spoop from various islands. But Courtney, yeah. I live on an island. Yes, but some Is of us spooky? don't. So <laughs> let us have this. <laughs> also, <laughs> I, I realized when I started researching island spoop, I was like, this will be fun. It'll be like a vacation episode. A lot of places are islands. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and we have done spoop from them. Yeah. So anyway, I yeah, have... There was something that I looked up and I was like, this sounds really familiar. And I was like, oh shit, we've already done this one. Yeah, there was something... What was it? Oh, I was looking up because I have a featured creature. I was looking up possibilities for a featured creature. And yeah. I was like, oh, we haven't done this one yet. And I got like reading for like a third of the way into it. Yeah. And it was like, and it mostly appears as a horse. But if you touch the horse, you get stuck to it and then you drown. And I'm like, oh, this is just a Kelpie by another name. And we have oh. definitely done a Kelpie. So never. <laughs> but I do have a different featured creature. I like the idea of a sticky horse. though. <laughs> I like to joke that a Kelpie, like you see a Kelpie and it's just a horse standing in the water and then you're like, oh, good horse. And you touch it and it goes, and then your hand is stuck and then it drowns you. Are you ready to guess today's featured creature? I think I am. Cool. Let's do it. This comes courtesy of MysteriousUniverse.org, Wikipedia, cryptids.fandom.com. Hoot hoot, bitches. It's me swooping in from the Andros Islands in the Bahamas. In most depictions, I'm a three-foot-tall owl-looking thing with both fur and feathers. I have four legs, two in the usual owl place, and two uh-huh. under my wings that are they are kind of arm-looking. So it's like, okay. if these are my wings, these are my arms. 
I'm doing the, the visual yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, I see. But yeah. Ugh. Anyway. Ugh. <laughs> I don't quite like that. <laughs> Each I thought it was going to be like hands at the end of the wings. No, they're, it's, it's like, they're like extra it's like, arms under their wings. Yeah, so it's like, you, we'll post the picture on the Instagram yeah. when I eventually reveal it to Sasha, but it's like wings and then arms. Ooh. And each of those legs has three toes apiece, and I also have a prehensile tail like a monkey's. In okay. addition to these things, I have giant red eyes and can turn my head around nearly 360 degrees. I make my nests by tying the tops of two pine trees together, and I use my prehensile tail to climb up to them. You may be asking yourself, but thing that you are, why don't you fly? You have wings. Well, it's a simple answer, really, as the people of Andros can tell you. I'm actually an elfin humanoid creature that just looks like an owl, making my wings more for, like, a cool stylistic element and less for, like, functional flying. I'm well known for being a tricky dude with a mischievous nature, and if you encounter me out and about, you had best be polite. If travelers come across me on their journey and they are kind, I will reward them with good luck. But if a traveler disrespects me, is rude to me, or, worst of all, laughs at me... I will oh, no. curse them with bad luck. Huh. If you're particularly nasty to me, I'll cut out the trouble of cursing you with the bad luck and instead twist your neck all the way around. Oh no, 360 degrees. How you like me now? Hoot hoot, bitch. If you are particularly worried about encountering me, you can carry a brightly colored piece of cloth or flowers to give to me because I am very easy to flatter and I just like pretty presents. Oh, So... The more superstitious among the people of the Bahamas will, like, just carry around little scraps of fabric so that if they run into me, they're just like, here you go. And I'm like, oh, pretty. Thank you. And then I leave. Oh, my God. He's like an Animal Crossing villager. Yeah. (laughs) He likes presents. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? (laughs) Who doesn't? Do you need some help guessing my name? Owl Man? (laughs) Yes. No, it's not Owl Man. like the Mouth Man. No. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I would like some help. Okay, the first syllable is the diminutive used to refer to women in the 1960s, or it's what comes out of a, a chicken, like uh-huh. as a baby. Oh, ba- oh, chick. Yes. Okay, yeah. now the second syllable is similar to the first ever fire starter in Pokemon. Okay, Charmander? Yes, so take that first syllable. Char. Chick Char. And the last three letters are the same as the last three letters of my name. Chick Charney. Yes, it's Chick Charney. Chick Charney. Chick Charney. <laughs> and this is what he looks like. And you can see he's oh holding Oh my god, some... look at his little arms. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I like his silly little arms. He's like a little Animal Crossing villager, he but is. just scary. I mean, he's not that scary. He just wants to. If his stuff. eyes were a different color. I mean, it's, he can't help his eyes. I guess he That's can get so, contacts. He's, I like that illustration, though. He's kind of cute. It, it's a very cute illustration. We'll post it on yeah. the Instagram. Chick-Charney. Chick-Charney. That's today's featured creature. Oh, my God. And it's from, you said Bermuda? Bahamas. Bahamas. Specifically the Andros Island in the Bahamas, because okay. it's like an island chain. So it's the Andros mm. Island is where you will get most of your tales from him. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. So. Fabulous. All right. Are you ready to take a vacation? Or as I put in my notes, island folklore, like Animal Crossing, because Animal Crossing's on an island. It is, yeah. Animal Crossing New Horizons. Everyone has their own island. And that's basically all I can tell you about Animal Crossing. So please don't ask me for any more detail because I cannot provide it. Yeah. Courtney is not an Animal Crossing person. No. I am. She is. One time you were playing it on the couch around me. Yes. And that was fun. Yes. Because you kept talking about, like, you needed more bells for your seashell couch or your mermaid couch or something. Couch or something, yeah. And I was like, oh, bells are currency? Bells are currency. So Yeah, that was when we lived in our first place together. It is true. So I'm actually going to start with the Oak Island Money Pit, um, which <laughs> th- this one doesn't have, like, a lot of, like, ghost spookiness, but it is a very long-time mystery that's still kind of relevant now, mostly because I think History Channel has had um, some investigations of it um, since, you know, like, the 2010s teens-ish, mm-hmm. like early 20-teens. Um, and so uh, it's it's still pretty relevant. So, so my research comes from Atlas Obscura and Wikipedia. Yay. The hunt for treasure on Oak Island has been going on for over 200 years. Without a single return and conflicting theories of what hunters are actually looking for, the so-called money pit in Nova Scotia is one of the most incredible self-perpetuating goose chases in the world. <laughs> So is it called a money pit because people, like, waste their money trying to find the money pit? Or is it a money pit because it's a literal pit of money? It's a money pit because 
they think there's treasure down there, but I also like your second explanation in that everyone keeps wasting their money on this thing that has no returns on it. Cool. In 1795, a teenager named Daniel McGinnis found an oval-shaped recession in the ground on the island. With little evidence that there was anything to be discovered, McGinnis started digging the area anyway and subsequently hit tent wood planks every 10 feet. The discovery of the planks led McGinnis and his friends to believe that the pit was man-made and they began what would become a long-standing tradition of treasure seeking in the area. Ooh. So he just found a hole in the ground and he was like, I bet there's treasure here. Well, he was like, I found a hole in the ground. What if I just started digging more? <laughs> Again. That seems... It was 1795. Oh, you're right. There what was a lot to do. What else is he going to do? He's like, I don't have the he, internet. He I can't really go animal on crossing. dates with people. I don't have Animal Crossing. I probably have four friends. And because I'm like 17, I'm already super old and my family's mad at me. So I guess I'll yeah. just dig a hole. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's not a whole lot else to do. A whole lot else a whole to do? else to do. <laughs> From the beginning of the 19th century onward, many companies formed to begin their own digging expeditions in the pit, each discovering more quote-unquote evidence and attributing new theories to the region. Errol Flynn, John Wayne, and Franklin Roosevelt were at one point each involved in the hunt and held their own theories as to the pit's content. Most of those people so, are idiots, but I will say I expected better of Franklin Roosevelt. Me too. <laughs> Some believed pirate treasure lay just beyond the next layer of soil. Others believed Marie Antoinette's lost jewels were surely buried there right after the French Revolution. Sorry to be and clear, this is in Canada? This is in Canada. Mm-hmm. And Why another th- and how? <laughs> I will explain later. Okay, good. Another, another theory even posited that Francis Bacon had stored documents in the pit proving himself as the author of Shakespeare's plays. There are many other th- theories. Another big one is the Ark of the Covenant lies at the bottom. And I'll share more about these theories a little bit later because Wikipedia had a really nice deep dive. Yay! A deep dive into this hole. This hole of... <laughs> Nothingness. <laughs> Nothing. Just the uh, despite pit. the wild theories, little has ever come out of the pit. Everything ever found in the p- <laughs> Sorry. Literally, because you dig in it and then all you get is dirt. You just get dirt. <laughs> Everything ever found in the pit has been attributed to some treasure theory. A sure. cavern found during the p- dig was deemed a booby trap. Another tunnel leading out of the pit to Smith's Coves was deemed as a secret floodway. Any wood found in the tunnel was immediately considered a part of the pit's foundation. However, just enough evidence has been found to keep people digging. Among the biggest discoveries were were a set of stone inscriptions found 90 feet below the earth. Symbols on the stones were translated as 40 feet below lie 2 million pounds. Even more promising was the alleged discovery of a few gold pieces. The symbols on the stone that were translated as 40 feet below lie 2 million pounds drives me a little nutty because I'm like... Okay, it's symbols, and someone translated them, but they still translated them to be, like, the British pound. That's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah. why would, if you're going to write in symbols and not English, although I guess it could be a code that you based off of English, so then it would be pounds, but that's still confusing. It's still confusing, right? I was like, hmm. Why can't you just say there's a buttload of treasure here in your symbols? Ye, ye, ye buttload of treasure. <laughs> ye old buttload of treasure. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that we understand around the world is yield, right? that load of treasure. <laughs> <laughs> so as with many of the discoveries from the pit, the inscriptions and gold themselves have disappeared and not been seen over 50 years. Thus, little modern investigation on them could be done. Researchers have even begun to formulate theories as to where the inscriptions and gold are now, creating yet another mystery tangent to follow. This is, of course, the story of the money pit. (laughs) Each new theory or discovery comes with yet more mystery and controversy (laughs) and less hard evidence or treasure and lots of money put into the pit. (laughs) You know what I think? These people wouldn't know an unsolved mystery from a hole in the ground. (laughs) Ha ha, high five. (laughs) (laughs) Further complicating matters of the pit, excavations have now gone 190 feet into the earth since the late 18th century. Stop digging this fucking hole. Right? (laughs) In many ways, the expeditions themselves have become part of the history of Oak Island. It's often difficult to dis- discern what the creators of the pit left and what actually began or like belonged to the treasure hunters. And a stone inscription marked 1701 is even considered by some to be a hoax left by past hunters. Whether the pit is a natural sinkhole, a booby pet trap filled with gems, or one of the world's greatest follies may... For- 
may forever remain a mystery. In 2010, a final treasure hunt was initiated, found nothing, and the government passed the Oak Island Act, banning all commercial treasure hunting on the island. But then in 2011, a new Oak Island Treasure Act invited the hunt to continue with permission granted from the Minister of Natural Resources. Come on, you guys. Is, how is there an island left when we've right. been digging it for like digging. 200 years? So some theories from Wikipedia included one natural sinkholes. So it couldn't possibly for, be that. It's definitely got to be treasure, right? <laughs> so according to one researcher named Joe Nickel, there's no treasure. The pit is actually a natural phenomenon, probably a sinkhole connected to limestone passages or caverns, and suggests that uh, because the pit is a natural phenomenon, it has accumulated debris in in the sinkhole so like any of the wood that they found was just from other like times that structures had been built on there and so it wasn't like that someone buried the wood it was that it just happened to have like swallowed something yeah sometimes things fall and then get swallowed by the earth and it's nobody buried it it's just it's like a thing that happens it's a thing that happens (laughs) and any of the caves that look like booby traps were because like just natural form uh, formation the resemblance to a human-made pit has only been suggested partly due to the texture of like natural accumulated debris in the sinkholes. Uh, yeah, but at this point, uh, and how if can there you were tell any, right what was and, already there and what was put there because people have been digging treasure for two hundred and thirty right. years? And like whenever they find like quote unquote platforms, it's basically attributed to like trees that might have just blown down in blowdowns or wild, derechos, wildfires, mm-hmm. just falling in, washing into the hollow. Another pit that was similar to the early description of the money pit was discovered in the area in 1949 when workmen were digging a well on the shore of Mahone Bay. At a point where the earth was soft, about two feet down, a layer of fieldstone was struck, and then logs of spruce and oak were unearthed at irregular intervals, and some of the wood was charred. And so there was another immediate suspicion that another money pit had been found, but then sure. they were like, nah, this is probably just whatever. How many money pits can one island have, really? Exactly. <laughs> the next theory was just that it was a treasure trove. So according to the earliest theory, a pit held the buried tre- treasure buried by Captain Kidd. Okay. Kid and Henry Avery reportedly took the treasure together, and Oak Island was their community bank. Another pirate theory involved Edward Teach, or Blackbeard, mm. who said that his buried treasure where none but Satan and myself can find it <laughs> in this giant sinkhole. Templars, Masons, or Incas seeking to squirrel their treasure away from Spanish conquistadors may have created the money pit, according to William S. Crooker, even though this is not... This is in Nova Scotia and not anywhere near the Incans. <laughs> I mean, maybe I mean, they were on vacation and they were like, let's vacation. check out Nova Scotia. I hear it's nice this time of year. I hear that they have a great pit for right? storing our valuables. <laughs> <laughs> and that also made me think about like the Aztecs having that weird cave that Maxwell told us about as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, aliens. Definitely. Um, Definitely aliens. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, the but, aliens are like, we're not as obsessed with holes as you guys think we are. Right, not, right? They're just holes. It's not they're that exciting. <laughs> but then this researcher also stated it was more likely that maybe British engineers and sailors dug the pit to store loot acquired in the British invasion of Cuba during the Seven Years' War, valued at about a million pounds. Well, that's Other, not what the inscription said. Right. <laughs> Other possible explanations include the pit being dug by Spanish sailors to hold treasure from a wrecked uh, galleon or British troops stationed there during the American Revolution. John Godwin wrote that the apparent, given the apparent size and complexity of the pit, it was probably dug by French army engineers hiding the treasury of the fortress of Louisbourg after British forces captured the fortress during the Seven Years' War. Some supposed artifacts that people are speculating may be buried on this island First, Marie Antoinette's jewels. They are missing except for specimens in museum collections, and there's speculation that they may have been hidden on the island. On October 5th, 1789, revolutionaries incited an angry mob of Parisian working women to march on the Palace of Versailles, and according to an undocumented and un... I guess, what, like, you... unproven story. Marie Antoinette instructed her maid or lady-in-waiting to flee with her jewels. The maid fled to London with the jewels and then perhaps artwork, documents, and other treasures secreted on on her person or in her luggage. So, you know, the Hope Diamond? Yeah. Yeah, like in that Uh, little... Yeah. 
And then she ended up on Oak Island and was like, look, a hole, and just like shoved some jewels yeah, in Yeah, the woman then fl- fled from London to Nova Scotia, and then mm-hmm. using royal connections, she con- contracted with the French Navy to construct the Oak Island pit because she was that powerful as a lady-in-waiting. I will say, though, there is that crackpot theory that Gadsby's Tavern... Had Marie Antoinette Well, not Marie Antoinette. Antoinette, Napoleon and Drag was the mysterious person who died there. So maybe, I don't know, crazier things have happened in French history is all I'm saying. Yeah, for real. (laughs) I mean, although that's probably also not true. But let us have this. Right. In his 1953 book, The Oak Island Enigma, A History and Inquiry into the origin, Origin of the Money Pit, Penn Leary wrote that the pit was used to hide manuscripts indicating that Francis Bacon was the author of William Shakespeare's work and a leader of the Rosicrucians. Sure. <laughs> uh, sure. Leary's second cryptographic Shakespeare, published in 1990, identified ciphers in Shakespeare's pa- plays and poems, which pointed to Bacon's authorship. Author and researcher Mike Finnan, Mark Finnan elaborated on Leary's Oak Island theory, which was used in the Norwegian book Orangistan, or The Seven Ships to Mercy, by Erland Lowe and Peter Amundsen in the TV series Sweet Swan of Avon. So they basically are just positing that all of Francis Bacon's actual work, everything that will prove that Francis Bacon is really William Shakespeare and William Shakespeare wrote but, <laughs> is in this pit. And again, sure. sure. Why not? If you're going to put it somewhere, why not put it in a pit on Nova Scotia? Scotia, of all places in the world, to bear, for Francis Bacon to bury that shit. <laughs> also, in his book, Oak Island Secrets, the Mark Finnan mentioned before, noted that many Masonic markings were found on Oak Island. In oh, the good. Sh- the Masons are involved, too. Right. And the shaft and its mysterious contents seem to replicate aspects of Masonic initiation rites involving a hidden vault with a secret treasure. Joe Nichol identified parallels between Oak Island accounts, the secret vault allegory in York Rite Freemasonry and the chase vault on Barbados. Freemason Dennis King examines the Masonic aspects of the Oak Island legend in his article, The Oak Island Legend, The Masonic Angle. Stephen Sora speculated that the pit could have been dug by exiled Knights Templar and might be the final resting place of the Holy Grail or the Ark of the Covenant. Okay. Again. On Nova Scotia. On Nova, why do you know? Where another, else? Another theory, this goes back to Francis Bacon and the Rosicrucians, that they organized a secret project to make Oak Island the home of its legendary vault with ingenious means to conceal ancient manuscripts and artifacts. Researchers and cryptographers such as Peter Amnudsen and Daniel Ronstam claimed to have found codes hidden, again, in Shakespeare, but then also on rock formations on the island and other clues in 16th and 17th century art and historical documents. And according to Daniel Ronstam, the stone found at 90 feet contains a dual cipher that was created by bacon and what i love here is that for the credit like on wikipedia it gave it self-published source (laughs) oh good that's very reliable yeah and then finally the last theory is that the author joyce Steele suggested that the money pit was actually a tar kiln dating to the historical period when oaks island served as a tar making location as part of the british naval stores industry okay and then marine biologist barry fell attempted to have the symbols on the stone translated during the late 1970s he said that the symbols actually resembled the Coptic alphabet and read to escape contagion of plague and winter hardship. He is to pray for an end or mitigation of the Arif. The people will perish in misery if they forget the Lord, alas. And according to Fell's theory, Coptic migrants sailed from North Africa to Oak Island and constructed the pit. But it's not really another credible theory, <laughs> is what it said in parentheses. Cool. So... <laughs> It's just a money pit. I think your theory that it's just a pit for people to sink their money into is the most reliable theory of all. Look, I get it. We all want to find treasure. We all want it. We want to find a mysterious hole, and then we dig up the mysterious hole, and then there's, like, gold doubloons or whatever, but it's it's probably just a hole. Yeah. The real treasure is the friendships we made along the way while Uh pouring our money into the money pit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you want to tell me a story? Sure. I will tell you my favorite story that I read today. So my adventures through Hawaiian spoop comes from onlyinyourstate.com, listverse.com, hawaiimagazine.com, liveyouraloha.com, which I I liked, and coffeetimes.com. Okay. So this is the story of Pele and the Pigman Demigod. 
Much like the rest of us, Pele, the Hawaiian goddess of lava and fire, has dated a couple pigs in her day. Oh, not the soccer player, Pele. No, Pele, the fire (laughs) goddess. Uh, Okay, the fire goddess. Yeah, Different. (laughs) different. Hawaiian one. Hawaiian one. Unlike the rest of us, though, Pele's pig man was also a demigod, and their romance has led to a weird curse of the Pali Highway in Hawaii. Okay. Let's dive in. Kamapua'a was the unfortunate offspring of an affair between his mother, a lovely young woman named Hina, and Kahiki Ula, who was the younger brother of Hina's much older husband, Olopana. Now, Olopana was some sort of, like, head of, like, a village or a tribe of some kind. Mm -hmm. So he was a guy who had a lot of power. But he was also old AF, and Hina was young and hot. So, like, Hina was just friends with Kahiki Ula, but they would go berry picking for a long time. And Olopana was like... I guess I don't like that. <laughs> I don't love this, but like I guess. But Hina got pregnant and she had her baby. And Olopana suspected that his brother was the father, and so he named the boy Kamapua'a or Hogchild slash Hogface. Pro I was tip. Say, don't go berry picking without protection. Yes. What, number one, if ever you're going to be super fertile, it's when you're in a field of berries. And yeah. two even if you suspect the child is not biologically yours, naming them hog child is child. kind of a dick move. That's a huge dick move. It's kind of mean. Anyway, Kamapua'a had a rough childhood from there, with Olopana treating him with contempt and rudeness, which, like, okay, bro, if you think your wife had an affair, that's fine, but, like, don't be pretend to be all cool about it in the lead-up to her popping out this baby, mm-hmm. this love child. And then when the baby comes out, be like, I hate this kid. It's like, I hate this kid. either be consistent and get mad at everybody and, like, give her, a, like, old-timey divorce. Or right. just be cool and be like, this is my son. I love him. Look how cute he is. Anyway, it didn't help that Kamapua'a, as he grew up, was hot AF, because <laughs> this just made him easy to resent. So Olopana is like, great, so now your fucking love child is this, like, total smoke show. What am I going to do with this? <laughs> Kamapua'a also had godly powers. Namely, he could shapeshift and even make those around him look like him. So not only could he change his own face, he could make people around him. So you could have, like, a wall of super hot Kamapua'as. When Kamapua'a grew up, he took to the hills, using his charisma to sway other young men to his cause. The crew pillaged Olopana's lands, and Kamapua'a was soon infamous for his intimidating tattoos, cloak made of hog skin, and boar face mask. Oh, interesting. So he, like, really, like, leaned into it. Yes, and he, when I said he could shapeshift, around this time was when he started really, like, mostly when he would shapeshift, he would shapeshift into being, like, a giant boar. Oh, wow. And then he'd be like what if I pillage as a boar? And then he'd do it, and then he'd be like, I'm hot again, but also I have scary tattoos and weird facial hair, so people don't really like me anymore. Eventually, he was captured, and even though he was more scary-looking than hot now, people still remembered how hot he used to be and what, like, a charismatic young man he was. Yeah. So they helped him to escape. And so he turned his life around and became a very nice young man. And still hot. And still hot. No. no he did not no. do that. Damn Instead it. <laughs> of returning to the hills once he came, Kamapua'a made a quick pit stop and brutally murdered Olopana. Oh, no! Which, like, yeah, he was a dick to you growing up, but, like, maybe don't murder people. Oh, Jesus Lord. Okay. Upon this real quick murder, Kamapua'a went to find his mom, who, now that she's a single lady because her husband's been murdered by her son, was engaged to his likely biological father, Kahiki Ula. Kamapua'a was like, hey, guys. It's me, your son. Please love me. And Kahiki Ula was like, rad, I have a son, and they all lived happily ever after. JK, that's not what happened. Uh, damn it. You keep getting me. <laughs> I do. Every time you're like, oh, really? Really? No. no. Damn it. <laughs> Kahiki Ula instead was like, new phone who dis. I don't have a son. I don't know who you are. And Kamapua'a was understandably very angry about being denied by the man who was likely his biological father, probably mm-hmm. because growing up, he's like, the only reason this man hates me is because I'm not his biological father. So to have his biological father be like, no, no, I, 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 don't, I don't care for you either. Is oh, God. A, maybe a slap in his little pig face. So at this point, he completely gave up and he's like, I'm just going to be consumed by my bitterness. I'm going to be an asshole. Let's do this. So he just went hog wild. ha. <laughs> 
<laughs> and just ravaged the land, often shape-shifting into a boar, and basically did whatever he wanted to just embrace his rage. So just Aww. wiping out the countryside, did not give a fuck. But in his travels as an angry boar, Kamapua'a came across the crater of Kilauea, where he heard tell of a gorgeous woman, a hottie with a body, named Pele, whose beauty was only matched by her fiery temperament. I want to go to there, said Kamapua'a, <laughs> and so he sought out Pele. Upon meeting her, Kamapua was, like, immediately infatuated, and mm. immediately he's like, hot and fiery Pele, what are you doing for the rest of your life? Let's get married. <sighs> no thanks, said Pele, probably getting an eyeful of his hog face, which was no longer a mask, because at this point he'd been shape-shifting so much that his features were kind of permanently oh my pigged God. up. So he's not hot anymore. He looks like a pig all the time. Ugh. And so she probably saw that and got his super aggressive vibe, and she was like, you know what? I'm good. I don't want to marry you, guy I just met. I'm going to keep being a hot-ass goddess and doing whatever I want. And then she made something that was arguably... A poor choice, given Kamapua'a's rage issues. She uh -huh. told him, you're nothing but a pig and the son of a pig. And Kamapua'a, well-rounded individual that he was, did not take this rejection kindly. No. He told her, fine, if you're not going to accept my romantic suit, I'm going to be forced to attack you until you agree to become my friend. Like, he was like, forcefully, I am going to make you love me. This is not a winning strategy. No, this really isn't. Don't do, I hate this. Don't do this. Pele, volcano goddess that she is, pointed out the fatal flaw in his plan. She's like, look, if you drown me in water, you will still not have me as a woman. And I'm like, yes, queen, you ah. tell him. And then Kamapua'a was like, counterpoint, if you burn me with your fire, your own barrenness will starve you, which is a rude thing to say to a woman. Yeah, for real. Ugh, fine, said Pele, let's get married. And I put in my notes, Pele, No. No. <laughs> this was very upsetting to me. Yeah, but for real. Apparently, this was the boost that Kamapua'a's fragile masculinity needed because <laughs> his ego started to repair itself and he started to soften in the presence of Pele. So they get married and because, like, she's bringing out the best in him and he had a heart of gold the whole time, it was just under all this scar tissue, he was just damaged. And Pele's love is, like, bringing him back to being, like, more of a person demigod rather than mm -hmm. being more of a hog demigod. So his hog face started to change back into his hot face, Ooh. and his charisma started to come back. Okay. But apparently by the time this was happening, Pele was used to the pig face, and so his new hot face freaked her out. Oh, God. She retreated to her side of the island, which predictably was filled with lava, being as she yeah. was a volcano goddess. Kamapua'a couldn't follow, and so he was forced to remain on the other side of the island, which was lush and green. The two were de facto divorced, never to see each other again. Oh, dang. The moral of the story is don't waste your time with men who are pigs. Just don't. Yeah. It's not worth it. Even if they are secretly hot the whole time, you still got to put up with a lot of pig parts. You really do. Now, if you'll recall, I mentioned that this is the source of a weird urban legend about a highway. Yeah, so, yeah. Let's bring it back to the island mysteries. So, Pali Highway is the route that connects Windward Oahu to Honolulu. Mm -hmm. The urban legend is that you cannot bring pork on this highway, because if you do, Pele will be reminded of her pigman husband. By bringing pork, you are symbolically taking Kamapua'a from one side of the island where he reigns to Pele's side of the island, and then Pele will get so angry that she's going to make your car break down because she doesn't want any pig parts on her side of the island. <laughs> But if you then throw away the pork, she'll forgive you and your car will magically start up again. <laughs> I want to test this theory. Right? I'm like, let me just get a pound <laughs> like, of bacon and like go driving in Hawaii. <laughs> there I'll are go other... gra grab my spiced ham. Let's fucking do this. There are other versions of the story that say bringing pork on the Pali Highway will summon an old woman, a white dog, or an old woman with a white dog. Okay. And you are to give them the pork. Usually it's you give the white dog the pork if there's both of them. But if it's just the one, you give whoever's there the pork. Uh -huh. And then at that point, you'll be allowed to continue your journey. But Pele does not want to be reminded of the pig no, man she married. She, which, she really doesn't. Whom among us? <laughs> I mean, I don't blame her. I mean, not to blame Pele, because obviously she's literally never done anything wrong in her life. But marrying a man who was like, what if I do war until you like me, is not a great choice. Yeah, that's not a great choice. So don't let him win you over that way, ladies. If yeah. anyone tells you, I will, like, drown you in water because he summons up, like, water powers and water gods and stuff, don't let that bully you into marrying him. 
Yeah. You tell him. Not, not a good enough reason. No, it is not. And that's the story of Pele and her pig man demigod husband. Awesome. <laughs> it's right, my new favorite hear, story. Do you want to hear about Poveglia Plague Island I in Italy? I sure do. Okay, and so my research for this also came from Atlas Obscure and HuffPost, and I'm actually going to transition after this one to a place in Sicily, so I'll get my two Italys out of the way. Cool. And less than half a mile from Venice, between Venice and Lido, a small secluded landmass uh, floats. It's a forbidden island with a dark and twisted past. With several hundred years of cruel death on its soil, stepping foot on Poveglia Island is a sure way to scare yourself stupid. Poveglia Island is a secluded little piece of land that even the machoiest of Italians stay the fuck away from. <laughs> the final restless place of thousands of deceased, murderous, and insane people, Poveglia is the convergence of everything we know about evil. So what's the deal with this island of spooky terror? Back when the bubonic plague ate up most of the world's populations, the Romans had a clever idea to kill keep the healthy people separated from the sick. Poveglia was constructed on a permanent fortification built by the Venetian government um, and from 1793 to 1814 was used as a plague quarantine station or lazaretto, one of many in the Venetian lagoon. So the plague people were shipped off to this island and there they lived out the last of their wretched lives together until they croaked. And since the island already reeked of death, the next time an epidemic came along, the barely alive bodies were basically just dumped there and burned in mass graves. The island is said to have hosted over 160,000 infected souls living out their final days and hours. So many that there are whispers that 50% of the soil consists of human remains. Recently, the mass graves have been found on the nearby islands of Lazaretto Nuvo, Nuovo and Lazaretto Vicio, containing the remains of thousands more plague victims. Poveglia has yet to be fully investigated. Finding Can we the go loca- back to the money pit? The money pit was more yeah, fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> Finding the location of Poveglia to be small and easily missed, Napoleon also used the island for a darker purpose by storing weapons there. The location was discovered and many small battles took place as the island claimed more lives. In 1922, a mental hospital was opened on Poveglia, and local legend says that one doctor at the hospital tortured and killed so many of his patients, butchering them horribly, only to later die by falling from or possibly being thrown off of its bell tower. The hospital, Yeah, the hospital closed by 1968. Actually, so another thing that I read about this doctor is that he fell off the bell tower, and then he did never reach the bottom. He just, like, disappeared into a mist. That's what happens to Gaston in Beauty and the Beast, so yeah, I buy spooky. that. The well-known documentary Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> the hospital did close in 1968, and the ruins are still there, slowly being reclaimed by greenery. While it's professed to be a former retirement home, evidence that it housed mental patients is still evident. And with a past like that, it's not surprising that Poveglia is believed to be haunted and attracts the attention of ghost hunters and paranormal investigators. Elsewhere in the lagoon, the remains of the insane asylum on San Servolo Island are also preserved as a museum dedicated to the history of Venice's plague islands and asylums. So you can go there to learn more about this place, but Poveglia itself Mm -hmm. is strictly off-limits to visitors. In 2014, the New York Daily News reported that due to a rapidly declining economy, Italy was placing the island and four other pieces of prime real estate up for auction, which caused a public outcry. Yeah, maybe Um, don't sell the dead body island. (laughs) But as of 2018, the fate of the island was still in limbo. Hmm. And in 2016, five people from Colorado were actually rescued by Italian firefighters after they decided to spend the night on the famous island, which was the location of an upcoming movie called The Plague Doctor. They Hmm. reached the island through a um, water taxi illegally and decided to stay the night. But as soon as darkness took over, a presence started to haunt them, making them scream for help. I mean, obviously. (laughs) A sailboat in the area overheard them and called the Italian authorities to come to their rescue. The film The Plague Doctor is actually a dark psychological thriller set in Venice and was inspired by stories and legends tied within that the historical figure of the Plague Doctor or the mysterious Venetian mask and the ancient island in the Venetian lagoon, well known for all of their gruesome events. And the Italian film crew had already filmed like had filmed a few sequences in the abandoned hospital that was built on the island so they had permission to be there but these tourists later like definitely did not um visiting the island is illegal and there are no public tours available to go see the island but for the right amount of money um Mm. and also if you like so the film crew had permission like if you apply Mm -hmm. you can go to like investigate it if it's like for like certain purposes, mm-hmm. but like normal, like just individuals can't go there. 
With Probably for the best. For the best, right? And then also in Italy, Sicily has a lot of spooky places. If seeing a ghost isn't scary enough, how about seeing the decaying corpses of real people? Thousands of them. I'm good, thank you. Right? You can on Sicily where the Capuchin Catacombs of Palermo touts itself as the place where the living meet the dead. Its passageways are lined with the skulls and bones of as many as 8,000 people, as well as 45 naturally mummified intact bodies. And then there's also the eerily serene face of two-year-old Rosalia Lombardo, who rests in a glass coffin after being so well embalmed in 1920 that she appears to be sleeping. I don't like that. Yeah. We don't Mm -mm. like that at all. I don't like that at all. So originally the catacombs started as a place to mummify capuchin monks where after a year-long draining and drying process, the brothers would pray with the one they lost instead of for them. It eventually became known around Sicily and Italy at large that people could be preserved for a price. And the monks set up a method of donation where an annual payment assured your loved one would be mummified and propped up into a prominent niche for all to see. But if you fell short on your payment, the loved one was placed aside in like a less viable or visible position. And then eventually the man who engineered this process died without fully passing on his knowledge for the technique, so they stopped doing it. But (laughs) the bodies endure, and they're decorated in the clothing from the area they came from. So, like, they were put in the clothes, and clothes are even also well-preserved. And they could be a man, a woman, a child, a priest, a nun, whomever. It is mildly disturbing to walk around there, so it's not for the faint of heart. The children's room is also particularly unsettling. It is illegal to photograph there, but you can find a lot of photos online. And I looked at a lot of photos, and I'm the only way I'm sleeping tonight is because I'm just exhausted. Yeah, like, no, thank I, you. I'm good. I, I was going to DM you the link so you nope. could put some photos in the Instagram. And I, I was sure like, won't. You know, I don't think Courtney will like this. I will not. Thank you for not sending me that. I'd be yeah. like, oh, Sasha, send me something. Could click. Nope. Mm-mm. Yeah, it was like that. It was like a moment of, should I do this? And very quickly, nope. You sure shouldn't. Thank you yeah. for trusting that instinct and not doing yep. it. Jesus right. Christ. Let's talk about something happier than dead bodies. As a palate cleanser from horrible, horrible body stories, let's talk about the Huakaipo or the Night Marchers. So in Hawaii, the Huakaipo are the spirits of ancient warriors who have been cursed to eternally walk the islands. They march at night, as their name would imply, and they frequently carry their weapons and torches, they chant, and they play the drums. They have been known to march during the day, but it is only in service of escorting one of their living relatives to the afterlife. So if you see them during the day, that's why they're hanging around for the most part, exclusively nighttime. You also want to watch out for the Huakaipo because it is an evil omen to look at them. And also, if you look them in the eye, they'll kill you. Okay. And if they kill you, you're forced to join their endless march. So then you too will become part of the night marchers. Okay. To avoid them, listen for the sounds of drums and conch shells being blown. You'll want to watch for torches getting steadily closer. And finally, smelling a foul smell. So he who smelt it is probably being dealt it by a night marcher. And you, you don't want that. No. No, thank you. If you absolutely cannot avoid the night marchers or get indoors to hide from them, you have two options. One, you can cross your fingers and hope that one of your ancestors is marching, in which case they'll leave you alone. Because uh-huh. if you're one of the living relatives of the night marchers, they'll just leave you be. Like, it doesn't matter which one you make eye contact with, they're all chill. Sure. Or, two, you lie on your stomach on the ground and you do not look at the Huaca Ipo, much like what you're supposed to do in the event of tornadoes. Right. So, just, just like, don't look at it. Yeah, you just, just don't, don't look. look at it. Just lay down, just lay flat don't down. Look. Don't just look. Don't look. Don't make yeah. eye contact. And then they'll see that as a sign of respect and leave you alone. Okay. And that's a real quick and dirty, like, night marcher tor- story. I, I just like the idea of, like, it, you smell it and then you have to, like, get to safety. But I like the idea of, like, if someone did fart and then they just blamed it on the Wakaipo and just scared everyone else. Everybody's instead like, of oh, admitting, no. like, like, instead of admitting I farted, it's like, oh, no, the Wakaipo. Yeah, the Wakaipo's coming. Everybody on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this first place that I'm going to talk about is Key West, because Spooky. I want to go to there. Eat some key lime pie. That would be a really good spoop hour vacation. That is a good spoop hour vacation. Because we could eat key lime pie and go on a lot of ghost tours. And uh, see all of the polydactyl cats. Yes, I'm really excited. So, fright seeing. 
Hey. Instead of sightseeing is a big business in Key West where half a dozen ghost tours recount some pretty macabre stuff, including a creepy turn of the 19th century doll named Robert on display in Fort East Martello. And oh, like ca- the Robert the doll, the one dressed y- yep. as a little sailor? Yep, the oh. Robert the doll. It's in Key West. And Captain Tony's Saloon, located in a building that once housed a morgue, skeletons were found under the floorboards during a renovation. That seems fine. That's a good place for skeletons. Yeah, and it's also adjacent to a hanging tree where a woman in a blue dress who was hanged there is said to appear from time to time. Even Ernest Hemingway's legendary Key West home is reportedly haunted by both him and his second wife, Pauline, along with a black and white cat that guards the cat estate's cat graveyard. Aww. So I want to go to there. I've always wanted to go to Key West just in general because they have a lot of really interesting museums too, mm-hmm. but that's a interesting fright-seeing location. That's a good spoop hour vacation. Yeah. Bermuda is another place for a spoop hour vacation. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful and hauntingly so. The ground zero for spookiness is historic St. George, a 400-year-old town with a reputation for hosting ghosts, including the last woman to be tried for witchcraft in Bermuda, Ooh. and Captain George Dew, who reportedly plays harpsichord at the old rectory bed and breakfast. Oh, that's nice. Other spirited apparitions around the 21-square-mile island are Hugh Gray, a hotelier who met a mysterious demise in 1920 and is said to walk the pink sand beaches of Bermuda's West End, and Laura Cox, who irately hunts the Orange Valley Roadhouse where she died in 1861. Santa Catalina in California is another place. There are said to be so many ghosts on this island 20 miles off the coast of Los Angeles that those who dabble in the supernatural claim it's an energy portal that draws spirits back there. So it's a money pit, but for spirits. For spirits, yeah. The ghost (laughs) tours of Catalina. (laughs) The ghost tours of Catalina details all the creepy occurrences on the island that's otherwise pretty much a paradise. The Art Deco-style Catalina Casino is reportedly haunted by a worker who died during its construction. He's been seen in the men's restroom and an elderly woman in a white robe who appears in the mezzanine levels women's restroom western a lot author of bathroom ghosts for that one <laughs> yeah right author zane gray's ghost has also been spotted walking the streets of avalon and the spirit of actress natalie wood who drowned just oh, offshore yeah. is said to roam a beach in two harbors her husband natalie for sure wood. murdered her Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Jamaica is also another ghosty place. One of Jamaica's ghosts is so celebrated that she actually has a Montego Bay golf course and a 1973 Johnny Cash song named after her. Annie Palmer, known as the White Witch of Rose Hall, is an island legend. She's said to have been a cruel early early 19th century plantation owner who tortured her slaves and murdered her three husbands. Oh, that's less cute. Less cute, right? And nighttime nighttime ghosts of the Rose Hall Great House in Montego Bay are popular. Whether Annie was real and now haunts the mansion is up for debate. Spoiler, she was real, but the legend perhaps not so much. But she was creepy probably occurrences, just an asshole who tortured she's, her slaves. Yep, basically. Cool. But creepy occurrences have been reported everywhere. Like, basically, that she would have been present. Well, I'm going to go down there and give her a stern talking to about how, one, you should not own people, you fucking monster, and two, if you're going to own people, which, again, refer to rule one, and don't fucking own people, you fucking monster. Don't torture them, you fucking monster! You fucking monster. Who is the the creepy woman who tortured people that we've talked about before? Uh, Delphine Um, Lollery in New Orleans. It it, it did kind of remind me of that. I was like, oh! Oh. mm -hmm. The Lollery house. Basically. But in Jamaica. But in Jamaica. A lot of people were assholes to the people they owned. Yeah. By huh. owning people, I would argue everybody who owned people was an asshole. But, you know. You know. What do I know? Mm-hmm. What do I know? Mm-hmm. Known for its mellow vibe and mischievous green vervey monkeys, Ooh. Nevis is a 35-square-mile tropical Eden, except at the Eden Brown Estate, where a tragic turn of events at a wedding almost 200 years ago has per. Uh, purportedly cursed the property ever since. Details vary among locals who perpetuate the tale, but a dispute between the groom and his best man resulted in a duel to the death of both the groom and the best man. The distraught distraught bride-to-be is said to haunt the abandoned sugar plantation now in ruins. I have questions. Right. Did the groom and the best man, were they, did they not get along before? Like, I mean, why would you Jesus. make him your best man, right? Yeah, like, isn't your best man supposed to be your bro? <laughs> right. Your best man is supposed to duel to the death for someone else, like, for you on your wedding, not yeah. duel you to the death. I believe, historically, the best man is there in case you get cold feet and don't show up, and then he marries the bride, because oh, somebody damn. has to. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I could be mistaken, but I think that's where that came from. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's go to Scotland. Oh. To the Isle of Skye. Oh, hello, yeah. Nessie. 
How's it going? Uh, so this is basically seemed- my Irish accent, which means it's also trash. <laughs> so it seems the spirits on a Scottish island go way beyond single malt whiskeys. I learned home- recently, because I've started learning Irish, like Irish Gaelic, um, yeah. whiskey is an amalgamation of the Irish Gaelic word for water and the word for life. So it's life water. Life water. Thus far in my studies, I only know how to say water, which is ishka. But you can kind of hear that in whiskey. It's like whiskey. the yeah. we comes from something else, but then it's ishka is, is water. So it's it's life yeah. water. Well, beyond single malt life waters. Hey, um, Sky single is home malt to, life water. That's what we're calling this episode. Sky, Sky is home to Dunvegan Castle, where friendly music-loving ghosts perform melodies in a room with no musical instruments and play bagpipes in the South Tower. The ruins of Duntalum Castle are also reportedly home to four ghosts, including Hugh MacDonald, whose tortured spirit haunts the dungeon where he starved to death, and a housemaid who accidentally dropped a clan chief's son out the window and still cries in anguish. <gasps> Holy how do you shit, accidentally how do you drop a children's son outside of a window? Back in the day, the windows were inset, like they were thick windows. It wasn't like, oh, it's just a little tiny window. It's like a big fucking. You like, how do you accidentally drop a child geez, out I a mean, window? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Okay, and then finally the last... (laughs) Great Scott. The last place is Tasmania. So sorry, Scottish listeners. I'm so sorry. I wanted to give that a try. (laughs) Wasn't it fun, though? Yeah, it was really fun. This is why I'll never learn my lesson. This Australian island's... You're still in it. Still in (laughs) it. How are you trying to do Australian? I'm trying to do Australian. I can't do Uh, it. Crikey. Crikey. That's a a real... Hold on, I can do it. I gotta think about it. Yeah, because it's in like the back of your throat and you can't really move ah, your mouth. Yeah. So it's this like. This Australian island's torches history. was <laughs> 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 brute. <laughs> anyway, it was. Listen here, you Australian land of sluts. Bring it back. <laughs> You'll allow this, you big You'll sluts. Okay, I'll, I'll go back you. to Amer- American. American, if you can. <laughs> if I can. If I can. That Scottish is really lingering. It's hard to get out once it's you're doing it. It's hard to get out of it. <laughs> Okay, so Tasmania, this Australian island's tortured history. So first off, it was a brutal 19th century British penal colony. Great. Love it. Has created a lot of creepy lore. Visitors can hunt for apparitions in the prison cells and autopsy room at Port Arthur Historic Site, where a thousand inmates died over a 47-year period, and nighttime ghost tours are full of frightful details. Or you can wander the history of Battery Point in Hobart and dark alleyways of uh, Launceston, where ghosts are said to roam. And there's also the island's resident Tasmanian devils, whose screams are enough to give anyone nightmares. Tasmanian devils make a terrible sound like yeah i would argue that foxes make the worst noise ever but tasmanian devils are very close, close like they're yeah. small and they don't look like taz from the looney tunes right so they're kind of <laughs> cute but they make yeah. a terrible sound which is why they call them tasmanian, tasmanian devils, devils. <laughs> so tasmania isle of sky nevis jamaica santa catalina bermuda and key west those are places i want to go to that sounds great and i want to go on all the ghost tours when this podcast and- blows up as it inevitably will we're like wildly famous. We'll do a world tour, but it's going to be a really weird world tour where we go to like Florida, the Bahamas, and Tasmania, and nowhere else. <laughs> and the island of Skye. And the island of Skye. You're right. I forgot about Scotland. Excuse me. My apologies I want to, to go to Scotland. We'll get some life water. <laughs> we'll get some life water. Whiskey. Ishka. Olam ishka means I drink water in Irish. Oh. That's nice. the thing I'm best at saying. Everything else, I'm like... There's an L in this. Where do you get the R sound? Why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? All right, are you going to... Okay, I'll bring us back up. Bring us back up. Bring us back up. Woo! So this is going to be some feel-good Pele stories about being generous and not an asshole. Hell yeah. I'm not going to tell anyone their business, but these are good lessons to learn. Though Pele spends most of her godly existence being hot AF, sometimes she likes to wander amongst the common folk in the unassuming form of an old woman, often carrying a cane. She likes to test those she comes across to make sure they are being the kindest versions of themselves. She'll wander up to tourists visiting the Kilauea National Park and ask for a cigarette. If they give one to her, she'll light it with a snap of her fingers and then disappear. So the reward there for giving her a cigarette is you get to see her do a real fucking cool magic trick. (laughs) That's awesome. Sometimes she'll show up at local houses in the middle of the night and knock on the door to ask for some water or tea. If you provide her with something to drink, she'll disappear, but the next day you'll receive good news of some kind. If you don't offer to help her, though, you will experience some sort of heartbreak or there will be heartbreak in your family. So when a weird old lady knocks on your door at midnight and you wake up to hear it, just give her a glass of fucking water. Yeah, right. You won't regret it. (laughs) There's also an important parable about always being generous and not 
hoarding resources. Ah. One day. Yeah. Are you ready for this? Definitely not a topical story. It's just a general parable. Take (laughs) from it what you will. One day, while wandering around in the guise of an old lady, Pele came across a large home in the village. This large home was on a huge piece of land covered in banana trees, coconut palms, and taro. When Pele looked into the home, she saw a well-to-do family sitting down to a feast. Aloha, said Pele. I am but an old woman with a cane and... Sorry, I should probably do an old lady voice, huh? Yeah. I think that's what the people want. Meanwhile, they're all like, fuck, here it comes. Aloha, said Pele. I am but an old woman with a cane and definitely not the volcano goddess, although I hear she's hot AF and you should respect her. (laughs) I've been walking for such a long way. Would you maybe share some of your food with me? Hmm, said Hmm. the wealthy family. Perhaps I could trouble you for some poi, a dish made from taro, which of course you know that because you have some, said Pele, explaining it to the people who are listening who maybe don't know what poi is. (laughs) Sorry, said the well-to-do family, we just don't have enough poi to share, despite the huge quantity of taro in their garden. Okay, maybe some fish then, said Pele. Oh, we have basically no fish, said the well-off family. How about some berries, said Pele, probably thinking to herself, you rich assholes. (laughs) It looked like your garden had many berries when I came here. Sorry, said the family. All the berries in our ample garden are green, so we have no berries to share. And so old lady Pele went on her way. She came across a much smaller home, but upon looking through the gate, she saw the family eating things freshly picked from their modest garden. Aloha, said Pele again. It's me, a humble old lady with an appetite and not the goddess of fire and lava, although I hear that goddess is a really cool person. Could I maybe (laughs) get a bite to eat from you? This family welcomed her with open arms, immediately serving her a bowl of poi. Pele ate this bowl, and the family immediately offered her another and another. Pele ate and ate until she was full, with the family never once hesitating to share the little food they had. When they eventually ran out of poi, the matriarch of the house apologized, saying that they were out of food until the next harvest, but she was glad that their guest had enjoyed her meal. That's when Pele revealed her true self, who was hot AF, and told the family that their kindness and generosity would be rewarded. Pele herself would guarantee that they had a fruitful harvest, but the greedy neighbors, who could not be bothered to share when they had more than enough to go around, would be punished with a failed harvest and dead (sighs) crops. This just reminds me of that stat that says, like, people, like, middle class and lower class people donate more to charities Mm -hmm. and they're more willing to help people and do volunteer work and everything. Mm -hmm. It's like the parable is equal to real life. How strange. How strange. Anyway, take from that what you will. I'm not going to tell you your business. Eat the rich. <laughs> Just eat them up. Nom, nom, nom. They taste like up. poi. Yum, yum, yum. Apparently, as a baby, because I was I was born in Hawaii, apparently mm-hmm. as a baby, I loved poi. My oh. mom thought it was super gross, but I loved it. Aw. It's like a gelatinous, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, because I like taro. It's, it's yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was actually thinking about taro uh, today. I was like, I think I have a recipe for that if I go to H Mart. Nice. Yeah, I think I think to make poi, you just like boil the taro. Yeah, which is why as a baby I was good. like, this is my speed because I this have is no my teeth. Speed. <laughs> That's how Give I talked to Give me that nom, soft, nom, soft nom, boy. Nom, nom, nom. Anyway, so thanks for island hopping with us. Yeah. We hope you had a nice little vacation for the past hour. If you have spooky stories you would like to share with us, go ahead and email spoophour at gmail.com. Did you go on vacation somewhere spooky once? Tell us about it. Tell us about it. Did you go on a ghost tour one time when you were on vacation? Or have you been to one of these islands we talk about? Do you live on the Isle of Skye and you are horrified at our Scottish accents, but also you've seen a ghost and you want to tell us about it? Tell us. Maybe. Go you ahead can also and tell be us. like, your Scottish accents are shitty, but let me tell you about this thing. <laughs> you guys are terrible, but also, let me explain to you. I'm going to look up to make sure that whiskey is actually life water. Oh, yes. Okay. So that, it's, that's what we get hosier emailing <laughs> us to be like, excuse me. First of all, how <laughs> dare you? But yeah, it's, it's Ishka Batha, I think, is whisk, Ishka Batha or something like that. And uh-huh. it means water of life, and that's whiskey. Huh. Cool. 
but I don't know. I'm still I'm still not going to be good at pronouncing Irish words. I just thought this would be a fun thing for me to do with my time. Yeah, for real. Ola Mishka, you know? Uh, Ola Mishka. Ola Mishka. So thanks for listening. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Spoop Hour, where we post pet pictures that people send us. If you have pet pictures they're that you haven't good. sent us, they're all excellent. Send us your pet pictures. Stop holding out on us. Yes, I mean you. Person who's like, they don't mean me. I do mean you. You specifically. And if you've already sent us photos, send us more. Yeah. Like, Yesterday, Courtney asked me to send her photos. Fo- a photo of Mona and I sent her four. And it was a great like couple of minutes where I was just getting photo after photo of a cat. It, you know, I'm yeah. not going to complain. Exactly. I'm never one to look a pet pick in the mouth. I love it. So thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing your pet pictures. We hope you're staying safe and making good choices and doing what you need to do to be okay. Even mm-hmm. though everything is not okay. It's okay if you're not okay. We love you. We hope you're well. We love you. Enjoy this virtual island hop. What is on your head? Oh, this is uh, Humphrey Bogart, the uh, red panda. Humphrey Bogart, the red panda, is on her head. Yes. And now it's on her shoulder. He's our special ghost today. I have a bunch of, like, stuffed animals on my desk just because I'm like, where else am I going to put them? So I put them on my desk. Um, And today I felt like Humphrey Bogart wanted to be a part of the thing. It's so funny because Humphrey Bogart looks like a real red panda. Oh, no. Humphrey Bogart apparently needs some sort of surgery because he has a gash in his abdomen. But luckily, Zelda? I don't know. It looks like yeah. it just came undone. Oh, it just um, came undone. Okay. Luckily, his beans are in, not to be gross, but a sack. So they're not spilling oh. out. <laughs> Did you know that red pandas have a bean sack? A bean sack. They're actually, okay. What does a movie starring Britney Spears, a slasher film centered around Christmas, and a movie where Mandy Moore gets naked and goes into a gross river have in common? They were all made in the 2000s. Guess What You're Gonna Hate is a podcast where I make my friend Janine watch the worst movies of the 2000s and laugh at her. Check us out on iTunes or look us up online by going to hatepodcast.com. I hope you like it, because I sure know Janine doesn't.